the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead had such a powerful impact on his followers that it changed their lives. His resurrection became the wind in their sails. If you look at the writings in the New Testament, the resurrection of Jesus is something that the apostles always refer to. And if you look in the Gospels at the men and women who encountered Jesus in resurrection, what his resurrection did for them is it gave them a true and realistic hope, a hope that inspired them for the rest of their lives on this earth. This true hope that comes from Jesus in his resurrection is based on the fact that he conquers evil. He defeats the spirit of evil. He conquers sin and death. He emerges victorious in his resurrection. All these bad things were like working together to destroy Jesus and his community. And he came out of that when that stone rolled away and he was alive again and appeared to his apostles. He has defeated all of the bad things that exist in this world. Now, in our own lives, we can experience these evil things in our lives, whether it's in our lives or the lives of others. The reality of the spirit of evil at work against us or against others. The reality of sin, our own sins or the sins of others. The reality of suffering and death. And when we experience these things, it really can weigh us down. It can crush us. It can make us frightened. We can begin to feel that our lives have been derailed by all these bad things in life. We can have a pessimistic view of the future. But all these things have been defeated by Jesus Christ. When you have this belief in your heart that in his resurrection he defeated all these things, you've got hope. You have true and realistic hope. Hope means that you're, you're looking forward to goodness in your life. You're looking forward to God's presence in your life now and in the future. And we can be connected to the victories of Jesus over all these bad things when we follow him. That's the key. We've got to follow him when we live our baptism, when we live as children of God, rejecting sin and evil and living for the most holy trinity. The resurrection becomes something that changes us in the same way as it changes friends 2,000 years ago. I want to read to you from one of the resurrection accounts in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 8 to 16. This passage is talking about one of the resurrection encounters where Mary Magdalene and another woman named Mary, they go to the tomb and instead of finding the body of Jesus, they, they're encountered with the empty tomb and they encounter an angel who tells them that Jesus has risen from the dead. And then after this, it says this, So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Hail! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and said to them, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has, has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the close of the age. Now, there's three things in this gospel passage. It's kind of like three movements. The first one is you have the hope. The hope is brought into this world by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And it's going to start to have an impact on these two women. And they're going to want to spread this to everyone they know, especially his disciples. There's the hope. It's right there. It's like an explosion of true and realistic hope has come into this world by the resurrection of Christ from the dead. He was crucified. He went to that place of despair, that place of no hope, and he's back. And he's stronger and he's better and he's alive. That's the hope. Next movement, you have a lie against hope. This hope is attacked by crooked clergy. You have these crooked clergy people who come together and have their secret meetings and they say, well, we're going to lie against this. And they tell lies against this hope. They lie about Jesus and they lie about all of his friends. And it's a ridiculous lie because they, they have these, these guards tell people that when we were sleeping, his disciples came and stole his body. How can you believe that? They were asleep, you know? So it's a foolish lie, but it's evil because it's a sin. These crooked clergy knew that lying was a grave sin against God's commandments, but they were inspired by evil somehow, and they lied against hope. So you've got the hope in resurrection. Then you have the evil, malicious lie against hope. The next thing you have is you have Christ telling his disciples that he's got all the power, and he tells them to, to lead people to baptism, to communion with the Trinity, and to teach people everything that he taught them. What do you see in this third movement? What you see is you see that Jesus and his friends pay no attention to the lies against hope. If you've ever been lied about, one of the things you feel is you feel oppressed. You feel that the liar or the, the lie itself has a power over you. Well, look at this. Jesus has been lied about by people in positions of tremendous power. His friends have been lied about. And what does he say right away? He says he's got all the power. He says all authority has been given to him, not to the lie. So he pays no attention to the lie against hope. And then he tells his disciples to teach everybody everything that I taught you. So we have to be like this when we face lies against hope. And you know, Jesus experienced a lie against hope right here. They lied against the hope that he brought into this world for people. And he shows us how to get away from that, to, to be free from the lies against hope. We can experience lies against hope that attack our hope personally. You know, I think that when we begin, we, we start off with hope. We start off with the sense of wonder at life. We want to look forward to life. And then somehow we go through life's journey and we experience traumatic things and evil things that can try to knock the hope out of our hearts. Or we can also begin some kind of adventure of following Jesus Christ. And when you discover Jesus Christ for the first time, it, it fires you up. But then you can experience attacks against your hope. 
you can experience all kinds of attacks that lead you away from hope. Here's an example of lies against hope that we can experience personally. You're no good. You're a failure. God does not love you. God does not care about you. You have no value, no dignity. You're horribly sinful and God can never forgive you. You are trapped in your sins and you cannot repent and change your life and become a follower of Jesus. It's too late for you. Those are lies against hope. And there are so many others. So many other lies against hope that can come to us from our experiences or from the spirit of evil itself. So what does Jesus teach us to do in his resurrection? Pay no attention to lies against hope. He didn't pay attention to those lies. So why should we? We want to be like Jesus. His followers did not pay attention to those lies anymore. They said, we're going to follow Jesus and teach people about him. When we experience lies against hope, even if they're ongoing, pay attention to Jesus. Pay more attention to his words than you would to the lies against hope. His words are the source of our hope. Read the gospel. Remember Jesus, right after the lies against hope emerge, he says, teach, learn from me. So we got to learn from Jesus. Get out your Bibles and read them. When you're going through those lies against hope, you start reading and let these words come into your heart. Pray with them. Pray. Receive the sacraments. Jesus, in response to these lies against hope, tells them, go baptize people, which means for us we've got to live our baptism. We've got to understand it and live it. Receive communion. Pray each day. Jesus Christ came to give us this true and realistic hope, and it's going to be attacked, and it is attacked again and again. We pay no attention to those attacks. We pay no attention to lies against hope. We pay attention to Jesus Christ. And we celebrate Easter several weeks ago and we celebrate the Easter season. This is meant to help us to allow the resurrection to change us as it changes followers. Every Sunday is like a celebration of Jesus rising from the dead. We want to think about that. Every Sunday, think about his resurrection and try to enter more deeply into his victory over all of the lies against hope that exist in human history and in our own lives. Dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ in his resurrection has become our only true and realistic hope that will never let us down. This hope was and is attacked by lies from the spirit of evil. We pay no attention to those lies. We pay attention to the one who is truth itself. Jesus Christ is risen as he said, Alleluia. In the Easter sequence, which was recited in our churches on Easter Sunday, we say, Christ, my hope, is risen. Allow Jesus in his resurrection to be your hope, and you will never be disappointed. God bless you.